Radhika Jones, Editor-in-Chief of Vanity Fair. If you enjoy binge-watching the best TV shows and love hearing from the actors and showrunners who make them happen, then subscribe to Vanity Fair. Our Hollywood reporters take you behind the scenes of the year's most anticipated projects, the industry's biggest moves, and the hardest-fought awards races. From The Crown to The Real Housewives, we've got the inside scoop. As a special thank you to our still-watching audience, we're offering 15% off a yearly digital subscription to Vanity Fair. Visit VanityFair.com today and use promo code POD15. That's VanityFair.com, promo code POD15, for 15% off a yearly digital subscription to everything you want. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, I am fucking furious. Hello and welcome to Still Watching, a weekly television podcast from Vanity Fair. I'm Richard Lawson. And I'm Chris Murphy. I'm Hilary Busis. We have reached the conclusion of season two of the Max series and just like that. Okay, can everyone please take their seats? Dinner is served. Here's a quick recap of episode 11 entitled The Last Supper Part 2, Entree. It's the day of Carrie's big dinner party, and we get our much-hyped Samantha cameo. All right, you're on speaker. Thank you for everything. You fucking fabulous, fabulous flunked. Charlotte emerges from her hangover to declare she can have it all, but Harry has to help. And now I am asking, no, no, expecting you to help me with part of it, not all of it. Because I love my work. And I'm good at it. Miranda decides to make friends with her exes, starting with Steve, and then moves on to Che. We were a train wreck. Okay. But like a good train wreck, right? (laughs) And love is all around as Seema and Robbie say I love you, sparks fly with Naya and the hot chef, and Anthony gives up his ass virginity. (laughs) I won't let you fuck me, so you're leaving the country. This is about more than your ass. There's a setback for Carrie and Aiden as their relationship is put on hold. It's only five years. Remember on Valentine's Day when I said 10 years went by like... But don't worry, Carrie now has a cat to self-narrate to. Oh, it's past your bedtime, so I gotta put my baby to bed. Say goodnight, baby. Say goodnight. So we're obviously going to get into a full, in-depth analysis of this episode, but we should talk up front. This is not the end of it just like that. We have been talking now for, I think I started it. You did. For episodes now being like, if the season finale or series finale. <laughs> and now we know it's not. There is going to be a season finale. You three. remind me of like a, like a mom like talking to like her son being like, if you meet a nice girl 
or a guy. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Whatever might happen. <laughs> but I was wrong because um, it got renewed. And, like, I feel like wasn't there some report that it's actually very well, like, highly watched? Max's number one original series. That's what, according yeah. to Max. According yeah. to Max, which we have yeah. to trust Max. We don't really know what that means because what are Max's other original series? But, like, <laughs> I mean, Love Life, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we're going to get more. And I think that what was ingenious about this episode, because they didn't know— when they when they made the show necessarily that they were getting it renewed, it wasn't like they had the automatic pickup, you know. Mm-hmm. I think this episode was both a f- appropriate season finale and potentially an appropriate series finale. Yeah, I had already written my eulogy for just like that. <laughs> we were del- prepared to deliver it today. Reports of its death greatly exaggerated. <laughs> greatly exaggerated, but I totally agree um, that you could see how every storyline was tied up in a way that could have been emotionally satisfying if we had to say goodbye to all the characters. But we're going to keep chugging along. And I wonder what what is in store? You know, is Charlotte going to buy another iPhone in season four? <laughs> Go to season three. God, the possibilities are so. endless. No, she switches to Android. That's the big twist. Oh That's God. our yeah. season arc. Yeah, yeah. And Miranda's like, Charlotte, why are your text messages green? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's an episode whole, there. That's a whole <laughs> episode. Giuseppe gets involved somehow. Um, yeah. Even yeah, down to the final and just like that, I ordered two more Cosmopolitans. Like that really felt like a button. Wait, yeah. let's get Taylor Swifty here. Does that mean there are two more seasons? Is, she, are, is the show speaking to us in code? <laughs> are the Cosmos seasons of TV? Um, but I thought, you know, I had this sort of fantasy. Once it was announced that there was going to be season three, that the end of the episode would be door opens. There's Samantha. I move back. That didn't happen. No, but we did have a Samantha cameo. I have to hear from both of you. Was it satisfying? I'm really upset that it was a cold open. Yeah. Really <laughs> mad that within the first three seconds of the episode started. Oh, really? Because I was like, I mean, they knew what we were there for. Like, I, it, it felt front-loaded on purpose. Yeah, I it, think— Was it less satisfying? It was less satisfying. I would have rather her call in the last 10 minutes of the episode. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to delay the gratification. Like Jager Hoover at the end of— um, Oppenheimer. I love Lucy movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, exactly. Of the Lucy is a communist movie. That you know that yeah. uh, frequent reference. Totally. Yeah. I absolutely Pop culture that giant. Up. Yeah. Um, but and it was it was so great to see Kim, and it was so great to see Samantha Jones. But it wasn't it wasn't enough for me. Well, to be fair, that is how they ended season one with a text from Samantha. Maybe it just felt like too close of a retread to do the exact same, like wait until the last minute mm-hmm. kind and of her, thing. And her being like, "I was going to come, but I'm not." I'm like, "Okay, okay. like okay, yeah. you weren't, you just didn't come then." Like, yeah, because I was only going to come for that. I mean, I will say and at least she yeah. said that over the phone rather than Aiden, who got on a plane from Virginia. <laughs> To say to Carrie, we're breaking up, and then got back on the plane. <laughs> Romantically threw pebbles at her window. Oh. But we'll, we'll get to that. But I thought, because um, I've been watching Kim Cattrall on her show Glamorous. Mm. Um, and oh, which I've a, heard good things about. It's cute. I mean, it's pretty lightweight, but it's mm-hmm. it's um, it's, Not it's fun. Not just like that. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. This the is the drama stuff. of our times. Um, and she's doing not a Samantha character. She's kind of playing a nice Miranda Priestly on it. Anyway, so I'd kind of been like, oh, the, Kim Cattrall is just Kim Cattrall. But the minute she shows up in this episode as Samantha in that voice, I was like, oh, no, this is a character yeah. and one who I had really missed. And that energy just completes the circle of the show, even for that couple minutes it that felt, she's on screen. It felt so right. I'm yeah. with you 100%. Mm. Like, I was, oh my god, I was like a little gerbil in the cage, just like sip, sip, sipping at the, at the like, <laughs> delicious <laughs> drink that they were giving yeah. us. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. That's that's quite a visual. Um, but yeah, like you're right. Um, I mean, yeah, I've seen Kim Cattrall since Sex and the City in several things. I don't know if anybody else here has watched How I Met Your Father, um, which is a similarly lightweight, like <laughs> right, dis- disposable, like kind of fun, like very, you know, cheesy old sitcom kind of show. Um, but yeah, you really it, it feels silly to say this about an actor, but like you really see how like. Yeah, how Samantha is this fully formed person um, and has the voice and has even like mannerisms, like in even just like the way she was sitting in the car felt, I don't know, felt felt like going home. Mm-hmm. And the way she held her phone. And the thing that actually gets to the, her little her little like look after she said ta. ta yeah, it's so funny. And it's like <laughs> the little kiss. It's, it's so good because Kim Cattrall always was like, I'm playing a character. I am not Samantha Jones. Yes. And I think it's so easy. With, and I don't think I believed her. No, I did not believe. It's very easy to not believe her. And with like, Sarah Jessica Parker and even now Cynthia Nixon and Kristen Davis, the line between character and actress has gotten pretty blurred. But with Kim Cattrall, it is so clear that Samantha Jones is a fully formed creation from a wonderful actress. And we missed her and we needed her. And we got an Annabelle Bronstein Yeah, we got, her, we got her saying honey and we got a reference to one of my favorite, favorite episodes. Yes. Sneaking great... into Soho House. <laughs> I was raised in Incha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love the way that and she— And it feels like a slightly deeper cut, too, for them to call back to, yeah. which was That's a, nice, the, a nice treat. The true heads, the true yeah. Heads. I love the way she talks to Carrie. It's a different tone than um, Miranda uses or Charlotte uses, which is, you know, how friends interact. But, like, it's not maternal. It's maybe older, cool cousin. Like, there's a vibe of sort of, like, we're really good friends, but also I'm a little bit wiser or something, mm-hmm. you know, a little steadier. And— um, I think that the show, as much as they've added new characters who are maybe sort of in composite, supposed to kind of provide that Seema does a little bit of it there, Che does it here, you know, whatever. I think getting the actual real deal, even for a couple seconds on a phone call, was like, yeah, this is the little ex- the, the the missing ingredient. And I would hope, hope, hope we'd get more. I don't think we will. Yeah, it was worth either. every penny. But here's the thing, like... I mean, Kim Cattrall has said, like, the head of HBO called her up and was like, what can we do? Like, yeah. if they if they back up a truck in mm. front of— A lorry. <laughs> in front of her flat? That, right, yes. I don't know. Like, just just millions of pounds just to get her back in the fold? I, I feel like that's kind of—because I would hope—I would hope that maybe tempers have cooled a bit since then. Like, she has certainly seen how badly she's missed and how mm-hmm. she's, how beloved she is by the cast. Or maybe not by the cast, but by the fans <laughs> yeah. of the show, by those who are still watching it. I don't know. I would I would not lose out on all hope that uh, we'll get any kind of—maybe it's too much to hope for a scene where she actually shares uh, air with somebody else in the cast. Um, but another phone call doesn't seem— it seems like it was probably a pretty light lift. I don't know. She had to call Patricia Field, I guess. Yeah, and she looked great even from the top up because that's yeah. all we saw. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of a shame we didn't get a full a full body look. A full look. I would have yeah. loved that. But uh, it feels like I agree it would be nice if if season three we had another, maybe even two Samantha cameos. I mean, that would they be, could do yeah. the Juliana Margulies Archie Punjabi I, thing. You that's know, what make I wanted it look to happen. Like they're in the same room and they're not. Yeah, you know? or just give her a storyline in London and whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that promises potentially more to come. But I think the beginning of this episode, um, at least uh, as it concerns Miranda, was sort of a closing of a chapter. I thought the scene with her and Steve on Coney Island was really lovely and well written. Yeah, I got yeah. Like and the a music little, was really nice. A little misty, like we were. Yeah really good idea for a long time like damn steve yeah like and that was great writing yeah yeah it's so nice to not discount their entire relationship as it has felt like 
has happened this whole entire season, where it's like, no, Miranda and Steve were a real thing. They were really in love. People change. People grow. But that doesn't mean that their relationship wasn't important. Yeah, it's not like it was a lie the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that um, something that fans of the show uh, in season one, and then I think whatever, how much fan chatter there was in season two, like, we're like, wait, how could this character who had this great love, then that was sort of her big arc on the whole original show, how could she just kind of abandon that? And then maybe they were listening to that, or maybe this was the plan all along, but to kind of bring that full circle and and have it be an issue that Miranda is kind of a, like, out-of-sight, out-of-mind person because she wants to protect herself and to address that and to have this moment of reconciliation with Steve and perhaps fans of the show who were like, how can she just drop Steve like that? To make that work in text, like like in the context of the show, while also being a little bit meta about it, I thought was very clever. Mm-hmm. And I also, I, I, it felt intentional to... Season one made Steve so pathetic in so many yeah. ways. Like, he was hard of hearing and he was just, like, doddering around mm. and he just you know, couldn't do anything right. But, like, this season we, like, we see him shirtless boxing. We see him, like, easily speaking fluent Spanish uh, to a man that. who doesn't speak Spanish. But whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> details, details. Yeah, we, we see Miranda telling him, like, you were really smart, actually. A lot of the choices that you made, like, <laughs> you were really smart for us to buy that uh, house mm. in Brooklyn Heights in the year 2001 or whenever they got it. I appreciated him saying we could not afford that. Now. Yes. I was like, oh, finally, a little bit of reality. A, a tiny bit. taste. Yeah. Like there was maybe, of reality. maybe yeah. one character that can't fly in and out um, uh, <laughs> right. uh, at a la- on a last minute ticket uh, <laughs> on a, yeah, with like a two hour turnaround. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it felt it felt like giving him his due. Uh, you know, when you when you have a relationship that long, especially when you have a kid together, even if the kid has grown up, like they're not going to be strangers for the rest of their lives. Like it, it's and I would hope that that also means he will pop into the show every now and then, even, you know, with this chapter closed. Um, but, yeah, it was it was good to get some closure. It was also good to see him. I don't know, have have like a moment of. I mean, not that he needs to be redeemed, but like that the show had kind of done him dirty and it was nice to see him. Some respect for Steve. Respect, exactly. Respect for a man in the Sex and the City universe. And for (laughs) everybody wants. A good performance. And and I like that they they had a little button of Brady, you know, showing up to work at at his dad's clam shack and seeing his parents together and kind of knowing that it's they're not like get it's not like oh they're getting back together it was more just like okay we're some kind of version of this little triad that we're in is going to continue in an amicable way yes and yeah. that's all we needed from any kid this episode right, right. <laughs> and that's all that we got from any kid this episode and i think shifting over like in terms of like couples or ex couples reconciling or finding a new understanding i also thought that the charlotte harry scene was really good where i thought it was going to be like oh i had too much to drink what have i been doing i've been so outside myself instead she was like yeah i'm not going to do the blackout drinking thing anymore. But things have changed. You have to accept it. And, you know, kind of a righteous rah-rah, like you are all doing the bare minimum. This is what women are asked to do all the time. Um, I don't know. Did that ring well for you guys too? Yeah. I mean, it was sort of the same note that the Mm -hmm. other episode, the last episode ended on and sort of a continuation of that theme. But felt felt within Harry's character, whereas like, I don't know, he had some of the stuff that he was doing and saying earlier this season felt a little weird, like not really something that somebody with his personality would do. But like him listening to Charlotte at this moment and just being like, all right, and then kind of like moving on that that felt, yeah, that felt on point. Yeah. Yeah. And them being more of a team did feel nice. I will say it's just so crazy how this show is constructed because Carrie gets broken up with Miranda. She's on the BBC and Charlotte 
buys an iPhone. That's the only <laughs> thing she did. This I yeah. can't get over, how, you know, <laughs> the, the trials and tribulations they're putting these other characters through. And Charlotte's just bopping along. Well, I guess, yeah. I guess her art kind of came to its natural its head. conclusion. Yeah. Last episode, yeah. like this was the this was the falling action. Yeah. But if you think <laughs> I'm trying to, I like Charlotte getting like the the comic uh, really. side plots. Um, maybe you know it'd be nice to see her have a little bit more to chew on. I, we um, can only hope for season three, but then it's you don't want to ruin her gorgeous family and her relationship with Harry. So I understand how it's harder to give her something. Yeah. Oh, maybe she'll of like to do. She'll like she'll like sell a painting that it turns out was forged or something. <laughs> like, I don't know. There could be like some kind of art world she gets drama. Into wire goes to jail. <laughs> yeah. um, but if you the think... Goldfinch yeah. starring Charlotte. I would love that. If you think about it, this episode ended. Charlotte's a gallery girl. Miranda's a high-powered lawyer. Harry's sipping cocktails and is kind of single. Like, they brought us back to season one of Sex and the City. Kind of. Right. Not, yeah. Never yeah. go back Man to on before. the street interviews are coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome back. Um, oh, damn it. What's Skipper? Skipper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Worst man on Sex in the City. Um, all right. So that all happens. And then we go to, uh, well, Carrie's former apartment, now Lisette's oh, apartment. Oh, wait. But, but before we go yeah. there, uh, Naya also. Oh, sorry. Yes. Has, yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. An encounter with Andre DeShields, who works at Columbia. We love that. Yeah. We yeah. very much we love, love that. We love to see Andre, Andre DeShields. Getting his steps in. Oh, 100%. <laughs> um, I, that felt very, that felt so shoehorned in where he's like, by the way, the prestigious law <laughs> like organization that we've never mentioned before. <laughs> I was so yeah. sure that they were going to be like, and now, Naya, you have to move to L.A. Uh, to do this. Right. And like, we're so sorry, Karen Pittman, we have wasted <laughs> you. And we're going to write you yeah. off the show. That's what yeah. I felt that yeah, it was. She's, she's moving to UBA to host the morning show. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was telling that I forgot to mention her before we moved on. But yes, yes you're right. Um, I, and Naya, you know, she got more things to do later in the episode with uh, Hussein. Uh, yeah. um, I, I did appreciate later Naya being like, I don't really know any of these people. And it's like, yes, she doesn't. <laughs> why like, would she be? I mean, that. I guess Carrie yeah. is just being kind to invite Miranda's roommate. But why would she have invited? Oh, right. She's just Miranda's roommate now. <laughs> like, why wouldn't she invite oh, like Bitsy Von Muffling, like somebody that she's actually right. friends with? Yeah, not really... That yeah. really bring in of... Rachel Dratch or like her <laughs> publisher or what like there's lots of other people we've seen her interact with that she actually seems to have friendly relationships well, with. Carrie, her guest list was sort of wild, you know, with the Che and the mm-hmm. Steve and now Naya. Yeah, she and sort her of was like ex podcast partner, like who that guy, what's it, Jackie? Jackie, Jackie. Like and they're still Smoke. friends? And Smoke, who ruined her Met Gala dress. Right. Like, why would you let that woman back in your apartment? Yeah. I, she was playing fast and loose with the guest list, <laughs> which is very carry. I mean, you know, the older you get, it's harder to kind of maintain a really tight circle of friends. You, you know, was, was that to... the thing about Jesus? Like, how did he get to 33 still knowing 12 people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Still watching from Vanity Fair. We'll be back in just a moment. And if you are watching this video, either I'm dead or I'm in a very, very, very bad situation. She said, oh my God, I can hear gunshots. I can hear men outside. Where are they? What have they done to them? Are they dead? Are they not dead? There is one suspect, her father, the Sheikh. It's Madeline Barron from In the Dark. We've teamed up with our new colleague, Heidi Blake, at The New Yorker to try to answer a question about one of the richest men in the world, the ruler of Dubai. Why do the women in Sheikh Mohammed's family keep trying to run away? There's five policemen outside and two policewomen inside the house. So basically I'm a hostage. And he reminded me that Sheikh Mohammed can get me anywhere. 
because you're a rich and powerful person, you can effectively break any law you want in our country and get away with it. The Runaway Princesses is available now. Follow In the Dark wherever you get your podcasts. So yeah, there was dinner at Carrie's house. That was the bulk of the episode, as we kind of had predicted. Um, not a bottle episode, but... Um, Do you hear that, Catherine? Not a bottle <laughs> Yeah, we, we, we know we, what a bottle episode it is. Um, I thought that, um, you know, I think I was texting with a friend of the podcast, Bobby Finger, this morning, uh, as we were both watching the episode in the wee hours of the morning. And um, he was like, I feel like Che has gone from someone I was kind of about to, like, an actually, like, evil character. Oh. And I don't know if I'm quite there, because I did, like, their kind of reconciliation of sorts with Miranda. Mm-hmm. Like, it felt like no one gave up too much of themselves. Mm-hmm. To well, the, kind fact, of, yeah. the fact that they said, I thought those jokes were funny. Like, unbelievable. Right. <laughs> unbelievable. Right. right. Yeah. And then proceeded to tell very unfunny jokes with Jackie, like... <laughs> Yeah, at the table. Half a scene later, and it was just like, okay. But yeah, I mean, I don't know what the future holds. Now that we can talk about the future, um, I don't know what the future holds for Che. I think they should maybe put the character to bed. They sort, yeah. they sort of know? lift right out. At yeah. this, like, Naya certainly does, especially if Miranda's not going to be living with her anymore. Like, uh, you know, it makes sense to have Lisa on the show. It makes sense to have Seema on the show. Those two, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like they, Naya has been done dirty. Che has gotten plenty of, plenty of opportunities. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't know if they feel entirely necessary as the yeah, show. Yeah, they don't on. feel crucial to the show anymore. Yeah. I, I mean, s- even Anthony, I feel like you don't really need uh, at this at this point. You never really needed. If him, I but. never have to hear the phrase "ass wall" again, I would be happy. <laughs> so, like, let's get rid of ass virginity. I mean, just happy concern. Yeah, <laughs> please yeah. stay in this country. Yeah, Che. I will say, I think we did call that they sort of became the villain of mm-hmm. this season, and they did in in that journey become more of a full-fledged, fleshed-out character, mm-hmm. which was kind of nice. And I think most of the dramatic tension of the season had to deal with Che and Miranda. So I appreciate— Much like last year. Much like last year. But maybe it's a, maybe it's a two-year arc. I think it's a two-year arc. I appreciate their service. I'm mm-hmm. glad they came, but I think they can ride off into the sunset with Toby, <laughs> and we can get Miranda— New love interest like Joy, that, that, yeah, that British lovely joy. British Dolly joy. Wells, yeah. Uh, well, speaking of uh, journey and s- service and all that, like I thought the train sort of metaphor, what analogy, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, simile. I don't know oh, the train wreck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of like, but Miranda's like, but it was that train that got me somewhere new and got us both somewhere new, and like it was the only train we could have taken there. I thought that was a really like fair assessment of someone who was like. Thank you for helping me come out, essentially. Mm-hmm. I realized that I was in that process with not a good partner to you, but also maybe you weren't to me. But like, hey, we got somewhere new together. Maybe we're not exactly where we thought we'd be. But like, I think Miranda basically is saying, uh, I took the Che Express to Gay Town, <laughs> and now that I'm here, we don't have to be friends. Yeah. And, <laughs> but know? even Che's response to that was like kind of rude. Like they didn't really yeah. accept it. They were like, that train sucked. It was like, Look, <laughs> yeah. Che's not a nice Che's not a nice person. Not a nice person. <laughs> a, a, a mean comedian? <laughs> what? Never have I ever. I don't get it. No offense, Chris. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, take you him. know well what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, so we mentioned Anthony and Giuseppe. I... I don't really even know what to make. I, like, <laughs> I, I think that like Anthony being however old he is and this being a new thing for him, I don't really buy. Maybe because he's from an older generation, whatever. 
I also don't necessarily buy it as a metaphorical engine. Mm. If you have to introduce the term ass wall <laughs> in order to make a metaphor about other walls being broken down, like, no, thank you. I, I just, yeah. It, it, is, it does seem sort of weird for a show that, you know, a lot of a lot of gay men watch and is like the primary creative engine of it is a gay man to like make anal sex like the the butt haha of so many jokes seems like a seems like a strange choice i don't know that like there's something yeah. inherently funny about like the way that gay men have yeah. sex i right. will say that was a funny joke funnier than anything chase said hillary um <laughs> I did uh, giggle at the nightstand, the pans of the nightstand yes. when they were having all the sex. accoutrement, all the accoutrement, and the yeah. lube, and yeah. I get, I get what the show is trying to do, and you know, I love Giuseppe as next as much as the next person. I mean, um, certainly the original series was a lot. Uh, I don't know. Was it like felt a lot more squeamish about yeah, yeah. non-heterosexual? Get, oh, a hundred percent. I didn't really remember when Carrie kissed a bi guy, and it was. You know, and remember when she kissed Alanis Morissette? Yeah, I was sort of <laughs> crazy. Um, so, and I, you never saw Stanford have sex. Not, like his storylines were always like. Anthony just, talked about it a lot, but we never really saw right, it. Right, exactly. So this this feels like a step forward, I guess, in that way. Yeah, and I can appreciate that while also raising my eyebrows a lot mm-hmm. and being like, "What? What is going on?" And then just are you telling me that this isn't how men speak to each other? No, actually, red, white, and royal blue is how men speak to each other. That's, <laughs> That's how basically men. a documentary. That is 100 that one. That's actually, way you know more what? Real. Let's just switch gears and talk about that movie for the rest of the episode. No, no, we won't. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, whatever, however they wanted to get there, uh, sure, Anthony and Giuseppe are happy together. I'm not terribly invested in that relationship. Giuseppe's nice to look at, nice to listen to. The whole thing of like, I'm a move to Roma. Roma. And then two days, two two (laughs) seconds later, I'm um, the thing I want to forget or let go of is Rome. Rome. It was like, wait a second. You don't have to let go of your home city. It was the same same day. It was was literally just like an hour later. An hour later. Um, I don't know if I quite, uh, quite got there. I also feel like, I don't know, maybe you guys feel differently. I'm not invested in Seema and Ravi at all. That felt very rushed at the end of the season. Yeah. I mean, obviously he was introduced maybe midway, but like the, the relationship stuff didn't really amp up until last week, it feels like. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden... It felt rushed. You know, and so I was glad that the, at the end of the episode, it was like, Carrie's got five years, she's got five months, like, let's let them be single. And it's like, yeah, because that's kind of where I want them both to be. I, I want them going on funny dates because this is still a television show. I don't, it's boring to watch Seema like date some suave film director who's like, Pops in and out. Yeah. yeah. And didn't we already do the I said I love you too soon plot line on Sex in the City? I feel like. Oh, I mean, yeah, that was definitely yeah. a, a Samantha. A Samantha trope. We've done this yeah. before. So I it was diminishing returns for yeah. me, that whole maybe, entire Maybe thing. the least realistic uh, part of this show is the director of a Marvel movie who just keeps Going on location. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like he would be going to Atlanta. He yes. would be on a private plane <laughs> to Atlanta. He would be Atlanta. in an Tyler airplane Perry's hangar studio. filled with green screens. Maybe <laughs> London, but like, come on. Yeah, no one's filming. No one's He's not filming. going to Egypt for five months. No, come on. They're not filming. I mean, I guess Chloe Zhao got some location shots for her, <laughs> her movie. But we to saw, what end? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right, let's, um, I have a question for you guys. How many seconds after a dinner party host said to you, we're going to go around the table and say one word of things we're going to let go of, would you leave the party? I, I would. Be, the minute she said, we're 
were going to do, I would be out the door. <laughs> I don't you like, don't like par- audience participation. No. You're not a rose. No. Uh, you're not a rosebud um, thorn no. type of guy. Like, have you ever been at a Thanksgiving where? Oh it, my, my like, every uncle, single one. Yeah, my uncle every year is like, we're gonna do what we're thankful for, and everybody is just like, oh. that we're all together. It's like, what else do you yeah. want me to say? Right. Like, I'm think- and then one jokester is like, this turkey or whatever. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, I'm, I appreciated that Jackie did make a joke because that would have been my only response. <laughs> I would have been like something really stupid, like the next five pounds. Like, I don't know. Like, and it was funny and so true when Carrie was like, I'm going to say one word and then give a full speech <laughs> yeah. about what her word meant. And Che did come in with a zinger and yeah. called her yeah, out on the it. More, the more we can get back to Carrie, Carrie has climbed out of grief. Now she can go back to being the narcissist but that we know was. and love. Um, a charming narcissist. Yeah. Yeah. Her saying to the cat about the, like, it's a no, no feedback conversation. It was like, ah, oh, yes, that's, Car- that's <laughs> Carrie's dream. I am shocked yeah. that she's, that the cat is named shoe after like what you wear on your feet and not like a French shoe. That's like that's, a pastry. That's mm, what I expected. Yeah, yeah, always a very C-H-O-U-X. hard. C-H-O-U-X. Yeah. But she loves yeah. shoes. It's in what you wear on your feet. Right. <laughs> sort right. of a tie I mean, a cat named like foot, like shoe, like S-H-O-E is pretty cute. It's cute. That's, that's funny. A little on the nose maybe, but. But I thought like that Manolo the, or something might yeah. have been. But yeah. maybe that's, I don't know. Manny. She yeah. can't name yeah. it SJP line, right? Right. <laughs> Louboutin has too many <laughs> syllables. Um, but I thought that even if that cringy thing was cringy, um, I did appreciate that it gave every actor in this A team ensemble and then the B and C team ensembles a little moment, camera on them, wistfully say a word and people react and they react like, it was a nice, like, even like Lisette, it was like, oh, cool. Like, she's part of this world. Like, I appreciated that it gave everyone a little bit of their due mm-hmm. in what, again, could have been the series finale, but wasn't. Yeah, yeah. and gives, yeah, gives a gives a little button also to the uh, Lisa and Herbert story, which we right. haven't really talked about. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And which, I don't know, I still think was kind of a missed opportunity. Oh, totally. Um, but, you know, if, if it was, if she was going to have a convenient miscarriage, you know, it's not like she had it and then immediately forgot about it. Yeah. There's some, there's some emotional unpacking of it. We'll see where they, where they, I, their story also kind of feels like we need some kind of new engine next season because if her and Charlotte both are just like, can a woman have it all? I don't know. It, it's, it feels tired. We've it feels, covered that ground. Yes. We have yeah. covered it a lot. And like the answer is yes, because they're both very rich. Yeah. <laughs> and that's <laughs> and all it takes. have childcare. <laughs> I will say I was sort of annoyed that Lisa Todd Wexley said guilt mm-hmm. right after uh, uh, Miranda said guilt. Mm-hmm. I, of course, that was probably more applicable to LTW's storyline than to Miranda's storyline. But it would have been, I don't know, it would have been nice to hear a different word or something that was a little bit less shameful surrounding, you know, potentially wanting an abortion, which is another word that we still have never, we never said it. We never no. said it the whole also season. Also true, yeah. So, a, strange, a strange choice. Strange choice. Feels I just, yeah, sort of two steps forward. Yeah, I don't really back. know where it moved, Lisa. You know, like if there was character development happening in a, most of the other people, like uh, it, it sort of it was a a, a quick little storyline that then sort of I'm glad that they at least brought it up in this episode right. and yeah. she was still affected by it. And it's not as if like miscarriages aren't a pertinent topic for viewers of the show or like, you know, pe- mm-hmm. women in general. Like, no, those are but, uh, they're also under discussed. It's true. Yeah, yeah. But like it was I think, you know, kind of like the SEMA stuff. It was just handled so hastily. Like maybe yeah. there should have been threaded through this whole season. Lisa being like, well, before. You know, it's the, the shop closes. Like, do we want to have one more? Like, although we should, should we? And, you know, like maybe more of a debate that it was really building to this kind of sadness and disappointment, um, but also conflict. You know, mm-hmm. a surprise pregnancy obviously brings different elements into the mix. I don't know. I don't know how to handle it the best way, but I think they could have just 
made it a little fuller. Yeah, and did Herbert ever say a word? Did they ever go back to him? <laughs> I don't think he got out of it. No, he didn't have to say his word. Oh, he said, oh good point. He yeah. said, come back to me. I don't that's like true. that. Yeah. And they never did. Never did? Yeah. Oh, he's a politician. He doesn't want to show his hand. That's, that's actually... That's true. His election didn't happen yet. It's still spring. No, uh, No, I think that's happened. that's maybe... I mean, that's maybe next season he's... All that comptroller you know, election? Maybe they're... <laughs> do you think they're going to jump five years to Aiden? Like, when they're when he's back and <laughs> um and why it's long, okay, long in the grave? Yeah, <laughs> I want to talk... We got I want to talk about that for a while. Yeah. Carrie, that feels sort of like they wrote a check and now they're going to have to cash it in season three. Like, what is she doing for this next five years? Is she supposed to just be kind of like looking at, like standing on her widow's walk, like waiting for him to return from the war? She's at the lighthouse staring out to sea, (laughs) waiting for the ships to come on the horizon. Yeah. Um, Like some say on nights like this, you can still see Carrie. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it's one of those like, bitch, are you crazy? (laughs) Like, like, because he wasn't being sensitive about it. And she's like, so are you just whatever? He's like, no, no, I'm never going to lose you again. I'm just going to go away for five years and we can't (laughs) speak because Wyatt needs me. Like what? It was so. It's handled. It's it's treated as though this is like a reasonable thing. Yeah. To no, propose. it's it's, and I think you're it's right. They, they painted themselves into a corner where they don't want to vilify Aiden. They don't want Carrie to have a full heartbreak. But they probably are like, we're not going to just do Carrie and Aiden all of. If we get a next no, season, like we're not they're writing do that. each other letters. Like yeah, right. Yeah. Like it just. I think they really got themselves stuck because they decided to go further with the Aiden thing. You know, I think if we listened back to early uh, episodes of this podcast like about you know I don't think any of us knew that the Aiden thing was going to be carried this far yeah and so once they passed a certain Rubicon it was like uh, like we've never really vilified Aiden we don't want to start doing that now so how do we do this let's m- pretend that this is a totally normal thing to have happened yeah it was we did call it last episode mm-hmm. that that it would be like it's not our time it's yeah. not our time but for them to be so specific about the five years and then like the <laughs> snap of it all that's five years is a quite a long time that's a that's a presidential yeah. term but yeah, <laughs> right. it, it, plus it just, one. yeah no definitely like you're in your 50s I feel like yeah relationships don't you know it's kind of an all-or-nothing sort of deal I think and because it, you've got your lives yeah. and so either they're Either they're together or they're not. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I guess if Carrie is comfortable being in a weird limbo, we'll kind of see what that actually means when the show returns. But and she gave up her goddamn apartment. Yeah. Well, she gave it up for a townhouse on Gramercy Park. <laughs> but that's like. not Carrie. Come on. You know. I don't know. I just feel like they <laughs> they they set up. I don't know. I'm, my my tinfoil hat thing is like they they thought this was going to be the end of the show and they were like we'll just leave it in a sort of limbo that like someday in the distant unseen future she and Aiden will be together they're saving each other themselves for each other but in the meantime she's going to have cosmos on the in on a greek isle with sima and now it's like oh no now we have to do like what happens to carry that fall and it's like maybe there's a calendar and she's like marking <laughs> off the days i mean know? i would like to see like the like 50 shades of gray contract scene with like her and aiden working <laughs> right, out the terms right. of their five-year agreement which is like can she like go on dates is he going to like yeah and she didn't seem that broken up about it at least in Greece um I think the show it's funny that they think and I say this with all due respect to our puzzle Wyatt that we care more about Wyatt than Carrie so it's like (laughs) we as viewers Wyatt could have you know he was doing mushrooms and driving trucks into trees and whatnot and that obviously is a legitimate reason being like where do you even get mushrooms the internet he's 14 he's a teenager magic 2023 i thought carrie would make a little joke about magic (laughs) mushrooms being a sort of dated phrase i mean i think 14 is young to be doing those things obviously crashing a car no no that's not good but like I must go to five-year Wyatt Monk jail to, like, watch, to tend to (laughs) him, like, because Kathy apparently is totally useless. I hated the vilification of Kathy. 
It did feel, well, I don't know. Aiden was uh, not so kind to Carrie for a long time, too. Maybe he's got some uh, latent <laughs> latent issues that we still haven't really unpacked. Hillary's Aiden hater has jumped out <laughs> again. I mean, he's a grudge holder, certainly. Yes. You know, um, yeah, I don't know. I think that they probably didn't have many better options mm-hmm. uh, in, t- in, in terms of how but to— But if s- this was going to be the— I guess they wanted to leave it open-ended in case they got another season, and that's why they didn't just have them end up together. Right. That's the that's the They didn't there. want it depressing, but they didn't want it conclusive. They wanted something in between, which I guess— Is where we landed. Yeah. I just feel like I don't—I mean, maybe if you're like—I don't even actually know at what age that would be an acceptable— I wouldn't do it at 30. I wouldn't do it, like, wait five years for me. No, that's a long-ass time. a long time. I can't believe even, like, Carrie having, like, achieved the level of self-actualization that I think she has. I can't believe that she was like, I understand what you're saying, but no, I'm not going to agree to this. Right. and That would have been a stronger ending for her. And And then she goes off to the beach and has a Cosmo. And the whole thing she was trying to let go of was expectations, and that was sort of supposed to be a nice little button. And it's like, but wait a second, like, expectations also can be, like, healthy (laughs) and, like, self-preserving. And, like, I would uh, expect that my partner would be, like, willing to work with me. Right. I gave up my beloved home for this man, and now all of a sudden, because his teen kid is, like, doing what teenagers do, I don't know, it just feels... And the fact yeah, that yeah. he refused to even consider her helping him in this or coming journey to, or coming like, to she Virginia. She job. She can do whatever she, she can wants. do whatever she wants. She's rich as sin. Like, I can't be thinking about you. Are you saying you're not going to think about me? No, of course I am. Well, what are you saying? Yeah. Then? I don't get it. Like, <laughs> Look, and- <laughs> if this is what it takes for the rest of the world to see what I've always known, <laughs> yeah, that seriously. he is trash. <laughs> He's gone from goober to garbage. <laughs> oh, that's so true. Also throwing in the 20 and 17 year old is another reason. It's like, that's that 20-year-old is an adult. No, yeah. You don't need not, to be at home. For he does your... not need you to be at his childhood house all the time. He's yes, probably at the years. next beach over in the Greek island spending <laughs> that West Elm money. Yeah. I, can and, really, you know? I can really see him being like, Homer, I'm coming home for you. And him being like, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I live in an apartment. That's so weird. <laughs> I'm fine. I have a job, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know, like we'll see what they do season three. I uh, can't believe I've, I've even been saying that. <laughs> um, I, I think that uh, overall, let's let's maybe do a wrap up um, on the whole season because uh, we were saying before we recorded that we were worried when we decided to do this season for this podcast that like, what if we're just hate watching something for 11 episodes? That would be fun for maybe two and then then kind of frustrating. But I think there were, for me, enough highs and actually genuine returns to something like the quality of old that um, I think I leave this season a fan of the show. As someone who defended the first season, I do think this was a step up. I This is what I say to people. I can't say that the show is always good or even necessarily good, but I looked forward to every episode, yeah. and I always had fun when I was watching it. And I do think there were some real season highlights. I think Seema and Carrie's confrontation outside the hair salon, mm-hmm. that was great. Some of Miranda's stuff was really fantastic. I think, we, yeah, I think we got enough moments. Maybe not to justify a season three, which gives me pause, but to make this a worthwhile endeavor. I mean, yeah, like, you give me an episode, another episode about Charlotte and Terry trying to set up an iPhone, I'm there, whatever. Yeah, yeah it's like Radika said. What else, yeah, what else am <laughs> I know, doing? Like, I would, I would watch them do whatever. Like, if next season is literally just, like, Carrie sitting in an empty mansion, like, reading <laughs> Cosmo, fine. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's let's fine. do it. I'm not yeah. going to complain. Yeah. Um, well, that's good. I think that's a good note to end this season on because there was always the risk that it was going to really outstay its welcome. Some would argue that the whole show's existence is <laughs> outstaying a welcome um, after the second movie. Um, but I think they figured it out. I think 
yeah, I think that, you know, if they if they prune the tree a little bit, if yeah. if they get rid of a few characters, if they can You mispronounced just... Che. It's prune, <laughs> prune the Che. Che Richters. Yeah, yeah. Um, if they can maybe just, you know, concentrate, make make the writing a little snappier across the board. like Get our main girlies together a little bit more. Yes. Make, yeah, give, give us some more ensemble scenes because that is where the show is at its best. Mm-hmm. Maybe have some more, like you've been saying, Richard, some more thematic, like, uh, actual running, uh, topics throughout an episode. Make it a little more episodic. I think that would only, yeah, I think that would make it stronger. I don't think you're ever going to get Sex in the City again. And the show, you know, it has a different name. It it's has a different, a different show. It has a different vibe. But I do think that you can take some of those things from the original show even and try a little harder to, you know, transport them into and just like that. And I don't know. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to another season. Yeah. I mean, I mean, think of it this way. That's a weird new tension we haven't seen before. Uh, I can go on dates, but in in four years <laughs> and thir- 322 Cinderella. days, turn yeah. into a uh, someone's coming back from Virginia <laughs> and you're out of here. Um, yeah. Does she like, does she like put that on her like hinge profile? Like, can date for the next five years. <laughs> but then I'm yeah. betrothed yeah. and, and then, promised yeah. to a man in Virginia. Uh, yeah. What, once when, when the clock strikes midnight on my 60th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to wait and see until season three. I mean, I hope that you guys are here for it. I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, I'll be seated. See you in five years. <laughs> Still watching, we'll be back in just a moment. And when we return, we will talk about our favorite looks of the season. We've all been there before. You're planning a dinner party or having family over or even just cooking for yourself when all of a sudden it starts to feel overwhelming. Uh, I live in a very small one-bedroom apartment with a very small kitchen. I can't figure out what to serve besides water soup at this point. I'm Chris Morocco, food director of Bon Appetit and Epicurious, and this is Dinner SOS, a new podcast from Bon Appetit. Maybe it's a last-minute party with no menu inspiration, a kitchen with no space, a toddler who will only eat buttered pasta, Name your dinner emergency. We're here to help. Here's how the show works. On each episode, we'll take a call from a home cook facing a real dinner emergency. Then, I'll work with one of our editors or someone from our amazing test kitchen to try and solve it. Because cooking for the people you love should inspire joy without a side of stress. Make sure you're following Dinner SOS wherever you're listening now. And finally, this is the last time that we're going to get to talk about the fashion on season two of And Just Like That. So who had either a killer look or a fashion roadkill? I'll actually start, and it's kind of obvious. I did love Carrie's nice dress and sort of like shawl, like with the sleeves at okay, the big dinner. I, I, like, I did think that the checkerboard dress was I, great. I loved the big skirt, but I, I thought that that sheer like... Mismatch. Arm warmer thing was dreadful. I so I thought it was just a little, you know, a little fashion forward, a little Carrie matching a weird print with a classic dress. It felt vintage Carrie to me in that way. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, I liked um, when when Miranda and Naya walked in, and Miranda was wearing a sort of like high collar, floor length gold ensemble. I was like, oh, that's an interesting dress to wear. And then no, it was a, a coat, and she took it off, and there was a nice red dress under mm-hmm. it. With the yeah. orange trim, I love yeah. the little orange yeah. cape at the very end. Yeah, I thought she looked good. Um, yeah, and- I would get a coffee table book that was just like coats of and just like that. <laughs> totally, they're totally. so good at coats. The coats are really fantastic. I mean, we could talk about um, the season as a whole. 
fashion-wise. Yeah. Like, there was a great quote from last week that Miranda had, right? The kind of... Um, The striped one, the thick sort of pastel mm-hmm. stripes that outside the UN. Yeah, that, that was, was great. great. I uh, mean, the coat of the season is it's carry, carrying the snow. It's carrying the snow. Yes. Oh yeah. In the duvet. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to wear mine in this winter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. I think my favorite look of the whole season was the sort of emerald green-ish outfit she wore to meet uh, the evil Kathy. That mm-hmm. <laughs> it was not. It was kind of just one scene outfit. It wasn't like a big showpiece thing. But um, I thought it was like the right mix of Carrie's kind of wackiness with some more. Um, elegant, mm-hmm. you know, glam. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, and I, for the for the fashion roadkill side, I mean, I, I guess it, like Aiden's coat has will for the next five years will live on. <laughs> It's like as him, a, uh, him as like Hunger Games commissioner. Yes, really, yeah, really not great. Uh, my fashion, my favorite fashion moment. I'll, my favorite fashion person of this season. I'm going to give it to the evolution of Miranda Hobbs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Her going from, you know, L.A., not really finding herself, the bucket hats. The beach outfit was bad. The beach outfit was bad, the galoshes, to chic, BBC-ready, back on her, you know, uh, lawyer, uh, steez. I like that. I like that for Miranda. Yeah, I think that they used fashion really well as a storytelling tool for Miranda, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's not always what the show has done. I think, you know, with Carrie, it's like the fun of it is like, what wacky thing is she going to be wearing next? But like with Miranda, they actually did do an evolution back to something what she used to be, but also with a, a new sort of glam edge, which I which I appreciated. Mm-hmm. I did appreciate. Oh, and speaking of fashion, also, um, I can't believe we didn't realize last week that the bomber jacket Shay wore during their comedy set is Kendall Roy's bomber it's jacket. It's Kendall Roy's bomber jacket. Oh. It's the same exact one. Like the actual garment? Like the yeah. actual garment the, with the dragon That's so on funny. the red. Is that deliberate? I would love to talk about how Succession and and just like that's universes. Oh, I mean, are they in the same universe? They have to be. It, because if they are, then like Carrie has absolutely encountered the Roy family. Seema has definitely, dating, definitely dated Logan. Yeah. 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 And Carrie should be no, like big, hitting up big Kendall. Voted, yeah, yeah, big voted for Justin Kirk. <laughs> right, right. Would have if he had lived, right. he had lived the election. election. Samantha uh, had sex with Roman, and it's the one encounter where she was like, this is too much. She tried to, and then he yeah. was like, ugh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then yeah. he, like, left the room because he was yeah. too scared. Yeah. God, let's get Shiv into season three. And Miranda and Jerry have been friends for years. They've, <laughs> like, they went to law school together. Oh, so uh, yeah. No, maybe. rivals. <laughs> I can see them yeah. being rivals. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe Shiv, like, uh, was trying to do, like, some consulting work for Human Rights Watch or something. And Miranda, like, sees that Shiv is useless and doesn't know anything. Uh-huh. Right. And redhead versus Redhead, too. There you go. There can only be uh, one. I love, I love writing fan fiction We're about our friends. We're throwing out season three ideas here, guys. <laughs> All those actors need work, the succession people. So mm-hmm. That's true. Cut you could easily slot any of them. It would be lovely to see, like, Jay Smith Cameron have some fun on it just like that. Oh, so good. Like a bitsy uh, von muffling. Lissette starts friends. being friends with Willow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. They write plays together. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that does it for this episode of Still Watching. We will be back next week. Yes, Don't we worry. Um, in the meantime, you can send us any final thoughts on the season of And Just Like That to stillwatchingpod at gmail.com. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram at Rylaws. I am also on an- another app that has been renamed that I won't mention now, but that's where I am with the same name. And I am also on that app, X, and on Instagram at Chris Tris, C-H-R-I-S-T-R-E-S-S. You can find me at Hillabuster with two R's. This has been Still Watching from Vanity Fair. Our producer is Emily Elias, and we had production help from Peyton Hayes. We had technical assistance from Gabe Quiroga. The show is mixed by Amar Lal. Stephen Valentino is our executive producer. Our theme music is by Alexis Quadrado. 
We'll be back next Thursday for a special bonus episode. Looking forward to seeing you then. Stop checking out my ass. It's not on the menu tonight. I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR.